The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. There is a new poll out and it says that social media does more to divide the country than bring it together. It was a poll done in the U.S., but I suspect that holds true for Canada as well. Our next guest is an investigative journalist, a professor, the author of a number of books, including Trolls, Bullies, and Predators Online, uh, and Extreme Mean, Ending Cyber Abuse at School, Work, and Home. And I should mention it's Extreme Mean, Trolls, Bullies, and Predators. It's Paula Todd. Paula, so happy to have you back on the show. Thank you for joining me today. It is a pleasure. So you know what, Paula? It's, uh, I think your first uh, book, Extreme Mean, Trolls, Bullies, and Predators, uh, came out in 2014, the next one, 2015. Have things changed, do you think? at all for the better or the worse well i think one of the wonderful things that's changed about online activity is that far more people are aware of it when i first started researching and writing about it you know there was sort of a oh poor dear she's spending too much time online Mm. and i was warning that uh you know there were a lot of people taking to the internet who were acting out negative behaviors that they couldn't act out in real life we now have the research and we know for example that people with statistical and saddest behavior, uh, people who like hurting other people are more likely to go online than people who are just going to do that, you know, to communicate. So the good news is we know that there's bad news online. The bad news is that it's still happening. And it's still happening a lot. And I know at one point we, we talked a lot, and, you know, whether it's my text line at work or it's a Twitter line or Twitter, whatever it is, a lot of these folks hiding it behind um, uh, anonymity. And we say, oh, they just must be, you know, hiding in their mom's uh, bedroom doing this sort of stuff. Um, what do you say um, about that? That about that giving them the opportunity to say whatever they want, spread their crap, and then just disappear into the night. Well, you're right. Anonymity is the number one tool, you know, to weaponize information. But uh, we've got bigger problems as well. It used to be, as you say, that, you know, kids who were bullying each other online, you can do it in the, you know, at, the, you know, at school or in class, but you're going to get caught. Uh, it's a lot easier to run home and close your bedroom door and not get caught. But what we're seeing is because the Internet is so powerful in terms of reaching people, that it's not just, it's not just young kids. Uh, it's not just angry ex-spouses. We're, we're, we're seeing political operatives move into the field, mm-hmm. and, and of course, that's what's uh, been was so um, upsetting about the American election. We now know that it, not just the Russians, but all kinds mm-hmm. of different political factions are using the internet and its anonymity to spread negative and false information. Yeah. And there's concern about coming up in the next uh, the Canadian federal election. I was reading a report uh, just a couple of weeks ago saying, hey, you know what, we need to wave the flag about this. How do we stop it? We, we can't stop the way people use anonymous technology. What we have to start doing is becoming so much more intelligent about what we read. You know, one of the, the uh, an American poll that just came out cited uh, almost half of the population there, and of course, yes, they're completely transferable numbers okay. to Canada, are really disappointed, are really uh, don't like, for example, what Facebook mm-hmm. does and don't think that they spend good time there. But what's, but what's really underneath those numbers is just um, 
a, a disappointment with the technology itself and the way people are using it. And I think initially, you know, everybody just trusted the Internet so much more than they should have. And they expected Facebook and other social media giants to look after them. But these are just corporations that suck up your data and resell it. Then they were never given an obligation to take care of your personal information or your well-being. I think once we begin to understand it's up to us to regulate what we watch and to demand more from these companies, uh, we're going to feel a lot more positive about that. It's happening already, I have to say. Some of the anti-bullying work that's gone online is fantastic. The outrage that's being done for people who are suicidal, who are people who are suffering from racism and sexism, there has never been such a great set of tools to come together as a community. And what we all need to do is grow up and understand the technology is not going to protect us unless we use the technology to do that. You know what, recently, uh, because of some circumstances, um, for example, for my my Twitter account, I I went in and paid a little bit closer to my notifications and and, uh, who could get in touch with me and how, you know, uh, if things got retweeted, you know, followers of this person, blah, 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 and all this sort of stuff. And for the first time, I've been on Twitter now for 10 years, Paula, the Ah. first time I, 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 it was the first time I went in there and finally clicked those buttons and said, nope, okay, I've had enough I've had enough I've had enough I've had enough and wow what a difference (laughs) what a difference and part of me feels like oh am I missing something by not having those all open am I missing out yeah you're missing something all right you're missing sexist racist horrific hate-filled attacks and I think that what people need to understand is that we've got the power to shut them down so if what you want to do is to spread this kind of garbage online, uh, people need to become more aggressive about just saying no. They're mm-hmm. talking right now, for example, about somehow regulating social media companies. And you come up against this great, you know, we're, in, we're journalists and we're, you know, we believe in free speech. It's, it's very, very important to democracy. But you have to remember, we're not talking about free speech here. We're talking about hate speech. And we've got lots of laws in this country that say you can't do that in real time. You can't walk up to somebody and bully them on the street. Well, you shouldn't be able to do it online either. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish I wish that um, most of the people who send off uh, nasty texts or tweets or whatever it had the, you know what, to come up and say it into my face because then, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure that they would necessarily want to deal what was blowing back at them. Now, you're, you're, you talk about free speech and I was reading an article from, from uh, I think it was uh, a couple of years ago and, and you talked about um, um, cyber uh, abusers laying the groundwork for government authorities to justify their intervention with our freedom. Can you expand a bit more on that? Well, sure. I mean, the more people use the Internet to try to encourage violence against certain groups, mm-hmm. to try to breathe life into you know white supremacy, or to try to encourage young people to become school shooters, you're simply opening the door for the government and the police to say, okay, there's the internet. You don't know how to use it responsibly, so we're going to take it over and we're going to tell you when you can use it and how you can use it. And that is exactly the opposite of what the people who invented the internet in the first place wanted. They wanted to 
gift to the people, and they did. I mean, they didn't sell it. They gifted it. Yeah. This incredible ability to share ourselves in communities and around the world. So when you see somebody who is bullying and misusing the Internet, it's, it's worth remembering and reminding them you are destroying the greatest communication device ever for the rest of us. Um, 55% this uh, poll that we had been talking about, 55% believe that social media does more to spread lies and falsehoods versus 31% who say it does more to spread news and information. This text just came in uh, for you, and I think, you know, with your, your background in this, also as a journalist, as a lawyer, is this question right here. What do we do when the news is fake and social media is fake? How do we know the difference? That's a brilliant question. And, and so the first thing that I want to tell you is there's no such thing as fake news. News is real. So fake news is a term that U.S. President Donald Trump uses all the time in order to criticize journalists who are telling the truth about him. When he doesn't like the news because it's true, mm -hmm. he tries to suggest that it's the journalists lying and not him. So f number one, uh, it's not as widespread as people think it is. Uh, number two, this is all about credible sources. How do you know if something's true? Make sure that you are only getting your information from what we call, you know, media outlets of record, the, the whole old-fashioned idea of a paper of record. And how do you tell that? Well, the New York Times, the Globe and Mail, the Toronto Star, I mean, the leading papers, you could name them in Edmonton. How do you tell this is an outlet that cares? If they get it wrong, they tell you. They follow the principles, ethical guidelines of journalism that they have an objective process, that they quote more than just one biased point of view. The same works for online and television and broadcast outlets. Do they own up? Do they say that they have a commitment to the public? So number one, you take a look at what you're reading and what it looks like. If it's badly written, if it looks like a garbage site, if they're suggesting something that's way too terrible or way too great to be true, then it likely isn't true. And just remember, Remember, a free press, which is so essential to a working democracy, there are people in this country and this world who are working every day to bring you accurate information. Don't spend your time on gossip sites and places where all they're doing is posting clickbait because they want to sell you to a bunch of advertisers. If you want good information, if you want credible information that isn't disinformation or misinformation, well, you've got to vote with your feet and your eyes, and you've got to support those organizations that are doing a good job to gather the truth for you. And Paula Todd is an author, an investigative journalist, a lawyer, a professor. So following that up, because then I will get, and I've already been called, you know, a lefty today, right, whatever it is, you know, because, uh, you know, there, there's just always somebody. That's so anti-intellectual. You well, know, I know it's, we, it's we only trade in labels when we don't have the wherewithal yeah. to actually argue the point. So you talk about, um, about uh, you know, different newspapers, different media outlets, that sort of thing. And there's going to be, and I don't even have to look, because I can tell you right now, Paul, and you've probably heard the same thing. I know you have, that, um, that there are a lot of folks out there that believe certain outlets that certain whatever have a, a slant have a bias uh, what i tell people is is read articles from all sides and then form your own darn opinion 
Well, that's it. I mean, anybody who's smart enough to say that they recognize a particular bias or point of view in a media outlet is smart enough to balance those. I mean, it's impossible for anybody to function in the world uh, without some form of bias. You wouldn't even know what what clothes to put on in the morning. What you're looking for, though, are media outlets that are using an objective process. And that means that they're quoting more than just people who support, you know, whether it's a funding cut or whether it's bigger classrooms or smaller classrooms. We have to acknowledge that we have responsibilities as the audience. You know, yeah, there's biases. So do more than simply read one newspaper. Do more than hang out in one Facebook site. You know, don't be constantly just confirming your own bias. Get out there and open up your mind. Yeah, that's that's the point! Exclamation mark. Um, uh, it's it, this back to the survey. A whopping eighty-two percent uh, say social media sites do more to waste people's time. Um, is it a waste to be on there, Paula? Is uh, I mean, I, the people who get on there to enjoy it. Um, I think there's a lot of time spent on it. I get my screen uh, notification once a week from uh, iTunes, iPad, or whatever the heck I'm using right now, and it says that you've spent four hours a day or whatever it is on this. Every Every day. Are we wasting time? Is the benefits you know, I mean, of this? It, really de- it depends what you're doing. Like, if all you're doing is, you know, for four hours just shopping uh, millions of shoe sites, <laughs> well, you know, and you're not a designer, a fashion designer, I mean, it really is, it's up to you. This is just a huge cultural judgment. I don't think any time spent online, frankly, is a waste of time if what you're doing is finding out about the world, finding out about what other people think and feel, reading studies, reading literature that you wouldn't have had a chance looking at pieces of art, you know, watching movies that bring you a, a, a whole new perspective on another country and, a, and another culture. I don't think so. I mean, if you think you're wasting time online, then you need to be going to some better sites. Yeah, well, isn't that the truth? Anytime you think that you're doing too much of anything, maybe you should question that, right? Whether it's well, yeah. drinking, spending time on anything, shopping online, whatever that is, Paula. But you know what? There's a study, I know the study that we're talking about, but there's another study mm. that's just out too from the Pew Research Center, which is a highly acclaimed uh, inter internet uh, researcher in the U.S. And, and what they're finding is that for all the bad things that people are saying about social media, adults are still on Facebook just as much as they were last year. You know, obviously there are reasons to be there. Yeah. It's a great way to stay in touch with people. The bottom line, though, is we trusted these media giants too much in the beginning. And I think what we're seeing now is this sense of disappointment, which is, you know, how come you ended up exploiting us? So what you need to do is just pull up your big girl pants and your big boy pants and say, right, these are corporations that traffic in our information. However, I'm only going to give them as much as I want to, that which serves me, and I'm going to use that technology to stay in touch with great people, to learn super mm-hmm. new ideas, and quite frankly, to shout down anybody who's encouraging hatred. Uh, before I let you go, Paula, because we're almost out of time, and I, I have texts every time we talk and we bring up this conversation about, you know, dealing with your kids when it comes to cyberbullying and, 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 and what we should be doing when it comes to their time on their phones, on their computer. Um, you've studied this. You've written books about this. If there's a one, two, three list for parents and for kids, what do they need to know? Take it seriously. What we statistically know from the newest research is that people who use the Internet to to bully actually are more likely to have psychological problems or to have drug or alcohol problems. The people who are bullying also wind up with greater emotional problems just because of what they're doing. This stuff is real. Parents who say, you know, oh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger – 
big, big mistake. Number two, anybody who's hiding behind anonymity or using technology to enhance bullying, because I do think technology can make bullying much worse than face-to-face technology, has a serious problem. And it's important to underline for your kids that technology doesn't turn, uh, you know, bullies into good people. It doesn't turn those who lack courage into great people. It simply tells us that the technology is making them seem a little bit bigger. And number three, you are responsible for the tools that you put into your child's hand. And some people say, well, but they just go to the neighbor and, you know, and I tell them they can't use it. You can't tell young people anymore not to use technology. It is a required component of our society. But what you are responsible for doing is teaching them how to use it responsibly and telling them that if they've got trouble with their technology, they can come to you and you won't take it away from them. You will help them use it more responsibly and you'll help them track down those who are using it irresponsibly. Paula Todd, always great to talk with you. Thank you for this. And you too. What a pleasure. Take Take good care. care. Paula Todd, uh, author, investigative journalist, lawyer, professor. Uh, The books, again, Extreme Mean, Trolls, Bullies, and Predators Online. Extreme Mean, Ending Cyber Abuse at School, Work at Home. You can check her work out online. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.